and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Here in the United States, recent statistics indicate a disturbing trend. And that trend is this, a declining attendance and membership in church. Now, I uh, don't want to sound like an alarmist or, or be overly negative, but it is something that we need to think about. That raises a couple of questions. This whole business of the decline that's been going on now for several years. These questions uh, are questions that I ask myself and I'm asking you. And then I'm going to turn to the Word of God to find the answers. Here's question number one. Is the church on its way out? You know, if things are going down, down, downhill, is the church really going to sustain? Is it going to keep going? Or is it on its way out? And then the second question is, for those of us who claim the name of Jesus Christ, claim to be followers, is the church really necessary? Can we get along without the church? Well, I want us to answer those questions um, as we look at this disturbing trend. There's some good news. And the good news can be found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And here's what it says. I also say to you, and this is Jesus speaking, I also say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. There, those five words, I will build my church. Uh, some important good news for us. This is Jesus talking. He is saying, I, I, God of very God, will, that is a firm, positive, absolute declaration, I will build there is the ongoing process. And by the way, it's a process that's been going on for the last couple of thousand years. I will build my, my. Jesus said it is my church. He is the possessor. He's the designer. He's the builder. He is the owner. He, he is the, the uh, foundation. He is the head. It is His church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's not a denomination's church. It is the church that belongs to Jesus, the church of Jesus Christ. I will build my church. That word church there, ecclesia, means called out assembly. Uh, in, in the, in, back in Jesus' day, an ecclesia could be uh, someone could go and call out a group of people to assemble for political purposes. But Jesus took this word and made it special. We are the called out ones that assemble together. We are the ones that are a part of Jesus Christ uh, through, uh, through His death, burial, and resurrection. We are the born-again ones, the saved ones, the ones that have been truly converted and brought into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is His church. I will build my church. Is the church on its way out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, uh, attendance can be declining, uh, membership can be declining here, declining here in the United States, and by the way, in other areas, it's not. 
but uh, that doesn't indicate that the church is on its way out. When Jesus said, I will build my church, and he has been doing it the last 2,000 years, and he's been doing it at times when it looked like things were very, very bleak. He has built his church, he is building his church, and he will build his church. And that answers that question, is the church on its way out? No, no, absolutely not. It is not on its way out. And so, the second question is this, is the church really necessary? Is it necessary for us? You know, we talk about going to church. And, and and I understand what that means, but we are the church. We're the church all the time. Uh, but I guess the question is, is it necessary for the church to get together? Is it necessary for the church to assemble? Now, there are many, uh, there are a number, let's say, of metaphors that are used in Scripture for the church. You know, it's called a building um, it is called a family. It's called the household of God. There are a number of metaphors, but there's one that really stands out, and that's the one I want to focus on for the next few minutes, and it is this, the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find uh, some passage, a passage of Scripture that needs to be looked at here. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 says, For even as the body, the physical body, the human body, is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized, everybody that believed in Jesus, and that trusted Jesus. We were all baptized, identified, connected into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink or partake of one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so, there it is. The body of Christ, one body made up of many, many members. And uh, that, that is a powerful metaphor that brings a number of different lessons that are important. Uh, and I'd like to look at a couple of those lessons. Uh, and, and, and I guess the outstanding lesson, and that is this, there is the organic, what I would call the organic unity of the church. What do we mean by that? Well, on the night uh, before he died, Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. And he, we call it the high priestly prayer. Some call it the high priestly prayer. And in that prayer, Jesus prayed these words. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. He's talking about the disciples that are there with him immediately, the apostles that were listening to this prayer. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That would be you and I that are a part of the body of Christ. He's praying something. Look at what he prays in verse 21. He says, that that they may all be one, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. He is praying there that we would all be one. Now, what he's praying for, and that prayer is answered. The prayers of Jesus are the will of God, and they are always answered in the affirmative. 
Jesus is praying that we'd, we would be one. Now, when we look at the church today, uh, we're really not one in a practical sense. There's so many different denominations, different groups, different splinter splinter groups, and we we there are fractures and friction and divisions. And you would say the prayer of Jesus wasn't answered. Well, we're talking about that is practical unity, and and sadly, it's not always there. But I'm talking about organic unity. In other words, uh, everyone that believes, that trusts, that is converted, in, uh, uh, that believes in Jesus, they become a part of the body of Christ. Organically, we are a part of, a permanently a part of the body of Christ. And even though sometimes those members don't get along with each other like they ought to, uh, we are still organically put into the body of Christ. We are there. And so, what does that mean? Well, it means that we are interdependent. Not dependent, but interdependent. Not independent, but interdependent. It means this. We depend on the head, on Jesus, for sustaining our life. We cannot have life and be sustained apart from a direct connection to the head of the body, that is Jesus Christ. And by the way, the head of the body works out through the members. And so we have to be connected. You know, if I took this thumb right here and I cut it off, it could not be sustained. It could not sustain life. It has to be connected uh, to the rest of the body to live. Also, the thumb could not sustain its function of gripping. You see, I have these other four fingers, but the thumb helps to bring it all together. That, that w- it would uh, uh, help with the grip, its function. And so we depend on the head, Jesus, for sustaining life, and we're connected to each other. We're connected to each other, exercising our unique gifting, the gifting that we received from the Holy Spirit when we were converted, And each member is different, and each member has its own unique function. My thumb has a function, but so do my eyes. And the eyes are, the function of the eyes are so different than the thumb. But I need them both. And they all work together, and they cannot work outside of the body. They can't live, they can't work. So I ask, is it necessary, the church? Is it really necessary? Is it necessary that we are active and participating in the church? Absolutely. Just as necessary as I need to keep my eyes in my body and my thumb on my hand. And and they all need to be together. We're connected to each other again. And we exercise these unique functions for the good of the rest of the body. And this is not just showing up to a church service. Once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, once on Easter, once on Christmas, whatever. But rather, it is showing, it is doing much more than that. You see, what we're talking about here is the life of the church, the life. We're talking about ongoing doing life together, doing life together as a body. Um, if the arm decides that it's going to show up once in a while, but it's going to be out there somewhere, I'd be in trouble. I need my right arm and my right hand. I happen to be right-handed. 
But I also need my left hand and my left arm. I, I, I want to be able to be, to be fully functional. And they need to show up all the time. We need to do life together. You, part of that life is not forsaking our, the assembling of ourselves together. We need to get together. We need to get together as often as possible. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, and so much more as the day of Christ is approaching. We're closer now than ever before, and we need to get together. We really do. We accomplish life together that way as we as we do the one another's, and there are many of them. And I would direct you to podcasts numbers 173 through 176. Go to our website, sharingrealhope.org, and click on the menu and uh, click on podcasts and find podcasts 173 through 176. I talk about 33 different one another commands in the Bible, and you can find that as we learn how to do life together, how biblically God wants us to do life together, but we accomplish it as we come together in our worship services. There we are taught the Word of God. There we celebrate uh, together uh, the life of Christ through communion. And there we pray together, and there we encourage one another, and we lift up our praise and worship to God together as we sing and do other things. We definitely need to get together in the body of Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, there's no entity like the Church of Jesus Christ. There's none in the world. This is the most unique entity ever, and it is it is extraordinary. It is enduring and victorious. It's not going anywhere. And it is absolutely necessary. I hope that you're a part of a local assembly, a good Bible preaching, teaching, living out local assembly. And by the way, there's no perfect one. But I hope that you're a part of one, that you are committed, that you are there, you are accountable, that you are active. If not, I want to encourage you to find one and, and get into obedience to the Word of God. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.